All right, welcome back. Happy New Year. And this year, in 2023, we're kicking it off hot. We're joined by Byron Lindique at the Model Maniac on Twitter. Byron, how are we doing? Marky, I'm doing very, very good. Much better than what we were just chatting about earlier. I've got the Jets hat. Those that are listening, I'm rocking a Jets straw hat. And I'm wearing a nice silky Hawaiian shirt with, that the buttons are pr- provocatively unbuttoned. And... Um, <laughs> Life's good. Turn me on. <laughs> hey, buddy. At least that's somebody. So we, we got to go with it. And um, I'm doing good. I guess we're all doing good. So, yeah. yeah. No, we're doing fucking brilliant. Um, all right. So for anybody who's listening to this podcast, you're missing out on, I think you could classify this as like soft porn or something because <laughs> you look like an 80s porn star right now. <laughs> uh, no, but hey, Byron, thanks very much for jumping on. Um been following your stuff all over the last few weeks you've been doing some great graphics it's been totally enjoyable watching your twitter profile develop and you've even got some good traction who who's the pga tour player a few weeks ago that like Aguilo. yeah ah yes yeah he retweeted my when i put that the chicken from the sanderson farms in the in the grill so <laughs> it was good and he was so close to winning that tournament and then he coughed it up on that par five you know so yeah. it is what it is life goes on that was priceless. Well, you never know. He might have a good chance again this week when we get yeah, stuck into I the like field. He's one of the guys we'll talk about. I like him a lot this week again. For sure. All right. Let's quickly start this off. Um, I went to bed half 10 last night. And because, and in, in my own defense, I wouldn't usually go to bed during a golf tournament. If I say I'm going to stay up and watch it, I'm going to stay up and watch it. And I went to bed at half 10. Colin Mark has a six shot lead. And I'm like, this is grand. I'm not going to miss anything. I'll wake up in the morning. No joke. I woke up this morning, seven o'clock, just no alarm, no nothing. Looked at my phone and I was convinced that the PGA Tour had glitched up. PGA Tour app had glitched up again. I could not believe that John Ram came back and won this. Mark, it it was fascinating. I was busy writing my article, like the little mini preview I do. Put mm. the first opening paragraph. As I sit here typing, Colin Morikawa's got a six-shot lead. The th- he's looking invincible. He hasn't made a bogey in three and a half rounds. Bang. You know, like I never sent it or anything, but I was going to publish it right after. And then, ta-da, you know, like all hell broke loose. John Rahm went rogue. Colin went stale. And it just turned into an absolute meltdown. And I couldn't couldn't believe it. And the craziest thing about this situation is I love golf so much because people like you in Europe, there's no other sport that this just happens where – an uh, European person or Englishman would, would wake up and think, oh, what happened to the NFL? You know, like golf is such a universal sport. And everybody in the UK kind of woke up this morning and was like, what on earth is going on here? So, yeah, it was wild. Even like Golf Gambler Golf or Golf Gambler on mm-hmm. Twitter, yeah. he, he had a bet on Colin Marikow and he tweeted last night, oh, like hopefully it's an easy ride in. And then he wakes up this morning and even he's in disbelief. So like I didn't even have a Colin ticket outright and uh, I couldn't believe what I seen. But I, I think what John Ram did was very impressive. He shot 31 on the back, going six under. Um, actually, first of all, let's just allude to the fact that this tournament is so bloody brilliant to watch and see players play different types of shots rather than just your stereotypical driver wedge into every hole this is a lot of wedges but trying to shape it off different mounds uphill downhill lies i think kapalu is and people were alluding to this on twitter all week that's one of the best watches on the pga tour that we get in terms of spectatorship yeah 
I mean, it's it's a perfect icebreaker. You know, you just mm. sit, watch the views. Mark Raffling is amazing on the mic, you know. Um, just awesome stuff. I don't know if you got him in, in the UK there on, on uh, Sky Sports, but uh, just a great opening event, you know. I totally agree with you. Yeah, we did this week. Well, P- Mark Raffling got to commentate on John Ram picking up his eighth PGA Tour win. Um, like we mentioned, it was he shot 31 on the back. And listen, this is oh, what's the tweet again that I saw earlier? It was like his third win in his last six starts in the T two, T four, and T eight across the globe. And for a player who, oh, he mentioned like after he won, I think the Spanish Open, he claimed that he like how in the name of God was he not world number one at this stage? And then he goes and wins the Century Tournament of Champions, one of the like strongest field, maybe not as per the official official World Golf ranking points, but one of the strongest field that we see this year in terms of competitiveness and he's still only a little bit closer to the top of the pyramid there mark hit the hit colin marikawa's name as well without closing john's down oh, do yeah, them okay. both there look at that like that from hole 12 is just insane to look at like the difference in color look at all that gray and black <laughs> and then john's got like five threes in a row which is insane yeah, and that's where the tournament changed, right? So it's just a crazy like view to see how that like that's a statistical picture of what happened, you know. And it's just crazy to see what happened. And if you look at those hole difficulties, they were some of the easiest holes on the course. So just kept it clean until then, and then out of nowhere, just wild stuff. <laughs> Shut the dogs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Here's my question for you: Do you think the col- this poses a problem for Colin Morikawa moving forward for the rest of the season? No. I think he's one of the most mentally resilient players in the world. And John Rahm's signature thing is to win from behind. He he isn't a front runner. It is so difficult to be a front runner. There's only a few guys in the world that can kind of do that kind of thing. And I think Colin is such a mentally, to use Paul Azinger's phrase, he's got intestinal fortitude. And <laughs> it hasn't showed in the last two times, but you have to be so good to be put in a position where you are leading a golf tournament by five and six strokes. Mm-hmm. It happens. It happens. He's working on some stuff with his short game. And we know, like, the moment you get a little nervous, if something you, re- you resort back to what you're comfortable with, and he's obviously not, you know, entirely comfortable with his new technique and mechanics with the putter and chipping. But that'll that'll work its way through throughout the year. And I think he's only going to get better, man. It looks good. Yeah. He- here's my only fear. Um, the, la- the last time Colin Marikawa had a 54-hole lead, was the Hero World Challenge when mm. he had a five-shot lead that day as well. And that day he blew it up and finished T6s and when uh, I think Victor won that day. And I'm not saying it's going to po- pose a problem because my resounding grace for Colin Marikawa has always been the fact that he is so good. He's so mentally sound. Like a lot of these players, like the top 20 or 30 players in the world, in terms of skill level, it's very, very minor, the difference in skill level. But some of them are just me- more mentally resilient than others. And Colin Marikawa always struck me in that bracket. So I'm not taking that away from him. I'll be very, very keen to see how he approaches the next time he has the 54-hole lead because it's all well and good saying, oh, yeah, he's mentally sound. There's no problem with it. But when it gets to that back nine and he gets in a little niggle in the back of his head and he's like, oh, God, remember that time of the hero? Or remember that time of the century when I bottled mm-hmm. this and don't duff your chip like you duffed his chip in the 15th hole, I think, yesterday. Uh, that that's my only concern. But up until the hero world, 
Colmar Coward always proves to me that he is one of the strongest mentally in the game. And that was always his biggest attribute, in my opinion, along with his obviously elite iron game. But um yeah, I'm I'm eager to see how he approaches the next tournament. But yeah. I hope he's, he's he's like second or third going into a Sunday and then just does what John Rahm did. You know, it's so much easier to do that. So so much easier. Like if yeah. we think like even last year, like Justin Thomas uh, at the PGA came back from behind and yeah, they, like I think data golf had him down. It's like a ninety-six percent probability of winning with like nine holes to go. Or sorry, um, had Mio, Mio down. Oh at, yes, yeah, ninety-six uh, percent yeah. with nine holes to go, and all of a sudden Justin Thomas just <laughs> burps up out of nowhere and gets it. But uh, yeah, no, interesting to hear. Um, all right, well we do have another tournament this week. We're going to the Sony Open, which is why I got you on Byron to uh, yes. That in your unbelievable fashion sense, we got you onto this podcast. And um, yeah, all right. I'm going to ask you first is there any specific skills or attributes or accolades that you're looking for at the Sony Open, at the Sony Open down at YLI Country Club? Yes, it's, it's a simple formula this week accuracy off the tee, insane proximity numbers or approach play from 125 to 200, and then punning. Mm. And then a little bit of bunker play, like, but those three things, putting approach from 125 to 200 and accuracy. I think if you can do those above average this week, you're going to be in good shape. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to have to interrupt us here for one second because I forgot my little thing that I do every time I have a podcast, which is the Tuesday trivia, because this always released on Tuesday morning. Um, Oh, I can't believe I forgot this. And we're not editing this podcast. This, this, podcast, <laughs> is, this podcast is way too amateur to go back and editing. So. <laughs> Hit me, baby. Let's go. It's 10 minutes in. It's the perfect time to do it. All right. Here's the Tuesday trivia question. John Ram has recorded, or sorry, has had 25 starts at majors. How many start, How many of those have been top 10s? Do you have a rough idea? 25 starts, top 10s. I want to say 15. Okay, interesting. Well, it's a way of keeping people around to the end of the show, so <laughs> I'll let you know at the end. How uh, thanks, on. Mark. Okay, I guess I'll <laughs> stick around too. Then. Yeah, you better stick around no matter what. All right, then the other point I was going to allude to was actually going to be a replacement Tuesday trivia question, but uh, I was watching a or an Instagram video there on Fire Golf. We're going completely off track here, but it doesn't even matter. <laughs> um, a guy walked into a store, a golf store, and he tried to make out the most expensive golf equipment that he tried to buy the most expensive golf equipment that he could buy. So, like the putter, the bag, the shoes, the rangefinder. What do you think he spent in that shop? And I'll give you the answer to this right now $55,000. Oh, God. <laughs> okay, cancel this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Uh, Ten thousand one hundred and ninety. <laughs> I don't know where fifty five came from. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, ten grand. Very, yeah, he didn't know. It was only this very average um, golf shop with like no. It didn't have PXG clubs or anything. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Is like you yeah. can get some fancy ass irons and stuff and drivers. Yeah. No, oh, over here in Ireland, Byron, we don't have the stuff that you have. <laughs> you should have told here. me it was in Ireland. You know, like. <laughs> I've got a PJ Superstore like three blocks down the road in my town of 10,000. No, I'm joking. But... <laughs> All right. Okay, cool. All right. Let's get back to the Sony Open here because, um, yeah, the most amateur golf podcast in the world has gone even it's not more amateur, amateur, dude. I love this podcast. It's one of my favorites. It's authentic. <laughs> oh, 
Um, okay, so Sony Open, it's going to be pretty much drive, wedge, and putt competition. Um, the course is 7,048 yards, I think I, I saw earlier. It's a par 70, and I think one of the most iconic shots that we'll ever see was last year when Hideki Matsuyama hit the tree wood into 18 with that top tracer into the sun. He couldn't see where the ball was going, and all of a sudden, the lands on the green, three feet from the pin, he makes eagle, and he wins over a Russell Henley collapse. Were you one of the people on Russell Henley that day? No, thank God. I okay. I couldn't imagine being in that situation, but being it had a Daniel Berger at the Honda, which is basically the same thing. But mm. yeah, um, thank God, no. Yeah, he gave up a six-shot lead in the back nine, which was fucking crazy. It reminds me of some of my days, but I'm never in the lead anyway. So um, okay, let's keep it rolling here. Uh, comparison courses this week, we're going to look at Sedgefield. Well, the ones I'm going to look at are Sedgefield Country Club, Sea Island, and Harbour Town. Are there any other courses out there that you'd be considering, or is that kind of the central focus this week, Byron? Um, I had Port Royal out in Bermuda as one as mm. well, kind of as a third or fourth option. And then Innisbrook Copper, Copperhead um, is another another one that I think Data Golf suggested was a pretty good um translation and i think you can look at a few of the tournaments from the fall swing with with like the zozo mm. i don't i feel like the zozo is kind of similar in a way but um and those are going to be the guys that i'm eyeing out you know as those guys have played well in japan and um there was a few other tournaments that i really liked as comps you know for for these for these guys this week interesting all right cool so we'll fly through the leaderboard or the betting odds here we'll Take a look at some of those courses. You can tell me who you like or who you don't like. And yeah, I think for the first time in his career, we're taking a look at betfair.com here. Um, for the first time in his career, Tom Kim is the favorite here in the UK and Ireland at 11 to 1. Mm. At the rest of the top leaderboard, under 20 to 1 is Hideki Matsuyama, Jordan Speed, Sungjae Im, and Russell Henley. Any of those jumping out to you, Byron? Yes, it's Tom Kim. Or I'm skipping everybody and going all the way down to like 35 to one kind of thing. So I'm, as we were chatting about beforehand, I am having a tough time betting Tom Kim at 12 to one. We've got some 12s over here. Mm. I was waiting on a book to to do enhanced odds and go from 12 to 13. I was going to pounce on that right before they changed the odds to 11 to one and then made it 11 and a half to one for enhanced odds. Bunch of scavengers. So. <laughs> um, really pissed off about that and that changed my whole vibe so now i've got a few other guys we can get to down the board but i'm really in on tom kim it's just 12 to 1 is tough dude and i was looking at previous um betting odds for this event hideki won this thing at 18 to 1 but everything else like a lot of these guys are like sitting in the 50 to 1 range a lot of favorites finish towards the top but to put your money on one guy at an event like this it's got a little volatility to it you know people play mm. well but um I don't know. It's it's a tough course, you know, to to be consistent on. Yeah, I, here's a just a random question: Does Tom Kim's lack of length off the tee concern you for his chances at major championships? No, because I think I think that we've seen. Look, it's it's gonna he's gonna have to have his A plus plus game to win a major, and I feel like a lot of people that have to play golf have to do that there's only a few in the world maybe like a rory can play with his a minus game and win a, a a major but he's so accurate and we just saw at a course that's kind of long he 
he lost strokes putting, Mark, mm. and finished inside the top five. So his ball striking is so good. And the fact the majors is the length is an issue if you're not hyper accurate. He is so hyper accurate. He's going to be hitting from the fairway in these tough majors where, you know, the rough is penal. He's going to be from the fairway. And I think yeah. that makes a big difference. So I, it used to be a concern for me, but then this week I was looking at him and like he sticks his five iron closer than a lot of people hit their rescue. Yeah. And even on Thursday, even he hits his tree wood or whatever it was to three or five feet um, to make e Eagle on the 18th hole. And it just, it came to me like this guy is so good with his long irons and his rescues and his woods that he doesn't need to be bombing it off the tee so long as he can maintain this. Um, which I thought was fascinating. My my only concern about him this week is going into a tournament as favoured at eleven to one. Something he's not really dealt with before. There's been a lot of hype about him, but there's never actually been that. Oh, that's Tom Kim is actually the man to watch this, like the man to be this week or the man to beat. Uh, I I think I think it's a tough ask for him. Now, if I'm proved wrong. Fair play to him. The kid is fucking 20 years old, like, <laughs> which is the most outrageous thing ever. He's six years younger than me. Uh, but yeah, if, if he does it, fair play to him. I just, I cannot get, and exactly what we were saying there as well, about previous betting odds over the last few years, I feel like it just needs to be somewhere out, someone out a little bit longer, um, yeah. especially outside the 20 to 1 range. Yeah, I think from a betting perspective, that's the way to go. But as like a, if you just want to, if you were to pick one guy this week, he's the guy, right? Like mm. a, a one and done or something. It's going to be very popular. But the first thing you said is as a favorite, how is he going to handle that? The the image of him on that President's Cup putting green popped into my head. And the moment, is there a moment too big for this guy? I don't know. You know, like maybe his game isn't going to translate perfectly to these majors and things, but mentally, this guy is just, he's a moment savage. You know, like when he's in that big spotlight, he loves to perform, dude. And I think this course is going to be, it suits him perfectly. So, 100%. but it's so hard to win a golf tournament. We were just talking about it, right? So it's that's so hard. And yeah. it, like, yeah, we mentioned Daryl Colin Mark Harrell, like just, being like you can be the best golfer in the world, but if you don't have that mental fortitude to overcome this, yeah. <laughs> don't bother yeah. turning up because you're not going. Well, you're not going to win. Um, mm. Interesting. Okay, I'm passing by all of these because yeah. uh, Jordan Spieth is like my favorite player in the world, but I can't get excited about him with that pre-shot routine where he's bending his arms over his ears and he's doing some stupid shit. And but that's part of the excitement with Jordan. So. He missed what a 14 inch putt and yeah. then hit like a 14 foot chip, 14 feet in the air <laughs> and hold it. Like, what is he doing? You know, like that's the thing about him is it's just, it's an absolute lottery, mixed bag, whatever you want to call it, car crash, everything a romantic vibe, you know, just, mm. but at this course, I don't think it's it. But we never know. You know, it could be stinging two arms around you like Tiger and, and taking it down. So, but yeah. <laughs> not at those odds. Don't like it at that odds. No. Um, okay, one, moving down the board here, I'll yes. kick us off here with somebody that I like. I like him until I heard the news today. It was Tom Hoagie at 22 to 1. So in round 1, 2, and round 4 at the Century Tournament Champions, he ranked first in strokes gained approach in all three of those rounds. And in round 3, the one, and the one round 3, the one where he didn't, I think he ranked like 8 in strokes gained approach. 
Um, as well as that in round four, he's first in strokes game putting. Like his, uh, he, he's so good with his wedges. It's incredible. Now, like I mentioned, there is a reason for concern. It's the fact that he's going to some a college football game this week. He's flying out on Monday. At, I can't remember who it was. And he's TCU. going to be getting drunk. Yeah. Texas TCU. Christian University. Yeah. And he's going to be getting drunk. And uh, yeah, I think that's a... I think I saw uh, Pat Mayo was putting up earlier. Yeah, he'll be sober by the time Thursday comes around. It'll be all right. <laughs> so hopefully it's that natural golfing ability within him to actually get over that hangover. Like a lot of amateur golfers wouldn't be able to do. Yes. But, I was uh, going to say. It's built in. Uh, yeah, like I saw some of your videos before. We last time you were on the podcast, you were having a few beers in the course. <laughs> you, uh, I don't think either of us would be able to deal with this, but maybe Tom Hoagie could be. Hey, look, I was saying this, I was having this conversation with a buddy of mine who's got, I think everyone's going to have this concern, but he's also going to be coming back. His team's probably going to lose, which isn't good, but if they win, then then it's a different situation because he's just riding. He's riding it, you know, like he's got nothing to lose. I don't think he's necessarily giving two craps about whether or not he plays well here. So I think just he's he's playing with house money essentially in this tournament because he's not preparing in the right way. And I think he's going to go in there with minimal expectations. And that can often change the way you just play. And he suits up for this golf course so well, you know, proximity numbers outside of out of outside of Tom Kim. Um He's right there with him too. So it's like, it's a perfect golf course for him. I just wish he wasn't flying back. But at the <laughs> same time, we'll see. You know, I think in DFS, that's where you want to go to Tom Hoagie, but maybe you leave him alone in the betting market. Do you think 22 to 1 is a good number? For him? Yeah. Um, Let me look quickly. I've got like a thing that I do uh, where I would say, yes, I would say there's a little bit of, um, a little bit of value there for him because anything inside of 20 to one, I think is no good for him either. You know, like not a lot of players in this field. I'm willing to go there. I think Tom Kim needed to be around about 15 to one in order to bet him. Um, Tom Hoagie mm-hmm. at 22 is, is fine. You know, I don't, I don't mind it at all. Okay, sweet. Um, I'll keep us moving along here. The, so Corey Connors, 22 to one, Brian Harmon, Adam Scott, Billy Horschel. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see them all in the list. Is there anyone in this kind of, 20 to maybe like 33 to one range that you're considering betting yes brian Harmon. i've got a bet in on him already this morning woke up a little late there was a 40 to one on him on one of the books out here i snagged a 35 but now it's all down to 25 and 22 which i think is a, a fair number for him so that 35 was real nice brian Harmon finished t16 last week t second and second in his last three events right so this guy's balling out He's also one of the more accurate golfers on the, in the field. You know, he's played okay at a long golf course, but the two courses he finished second were perfect courses that you could probably compare to this kind of venue, what the RSM and Mayakoba. Those were the, those were two that I was thinking of too. Is I think those are very positional off the tee, punishing mm. if you if you errant. This kind of golf course suits him. He's also phenomenal with the irons from from that range I've mentioned a million times already, and um, that number was really nice. So. That's what I like about Brian Harmon, but um, the number now is a little, it's fair, you know, so like 22 is rough, but 35 is beautiful, but yeah. Yeah, I think it, what's so fascinating about Brian Harmon is he kind of went a little bit under the radar. Even last week in a field of 39 people, he was 40 to 1. I know he finished T16, but like he just didn't have his iron game. 
considering yeah. the fact that that was his first time losing strokes on approach in seven starts, and he only lost zero point zero eight strokes on approach, so it's like he's basically neutral. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of Brian Harmon. I don't know why. I think I just whenever I see his little shiny head popping up on the golf course, I'm just I'm like, there's my guy, and I think he's like so small and like good with his irons. Um, and I I think I think the thing I love about him as well is ever since Aaron Hills in 2017. When he finished like he he finished tied for a second that uh, one of the longest U.S. Open venues ever. In my head, I just have this perception of just an elite long iron player, and even though he might not be able to move it off the tee, a little bit like Tom Kim. <laughs> God, people are going to slate me for comparing him to Tom Kim, but if you get my gist, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it, no, he's got a similar skill profile. You know? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Is he so, as savage when he's in contention? Maybe not, but I can statistically back that up with you yes mm. yeah for sure all right keep it moving here um yes. okay anybody else that you're looking at i'll, keegan, I'll go next. i like keegan okay. around 33 35 he's also had some good course history you know those irons from those ranges very nice very accurate and also a little bit longer off the tee than most accurate drivers that's one of his like underrated skills dude he's mm. accurate and long which not a lot of people are capable of doing on a golf course and he does it and and he's lost 30 pounds apparently just eating salami and beef sticks so that's kind of a diet that i'm going to pursue at some point and see where <laughs> if i can lose a 30 pounds in a few weeks but i don't know how that's going to impact his game you know he's always got a you got to putt well here he's been putting better but as he's been doing it consistently we don't know so i mean yeah, i guess he... you're looking at the stature it's kind of all over the place I saw that photo as well. He is a skeleton of himself right mm. now compared to what he used to be. It's outrageous how much weight he has lost. Yeah. Carnivore um, diet, dude. Wild yeah. stuff. I'm, I'm going to try that. That's my New Year's resolution. Take the Keegan Bradley diet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ever since Phil left the PGA Tour, we're going for Keegan Bradley diets now. <laughs> uh, carnivore for well for wellness. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, all right. I'm, I'm interested in Taylor Montgomery. Uh, okay. 28-1. to I understand 28 to 1 is not the best number in the world. And his approach game hasn't been great over the past few weeks, but or over the past few months. But seven top 15s in his last nine starts, T15 at 22, RSM Classic, while he was losing 0.8 strokes, ball striking. And I just, these feels like the Sony Open, it feels like somebody's going to pop out of the water and just go and get it out of nowhere. And I know Hideki was obviously one of the favorites last year, but. I just like Taylor Montgomery. I kind of like his the pedigree that he might have for a course like this where he knows that it's a relatively weak field just to go and grab it. And I feel like that's what's going to happen this week. It's going to be someone's going to come out and grab it. And that's why I probably I didn't really love Tom Kim as much, but I just feel like it's going to be someone down the leaderboard a little bit more. Um, even though, like I mentioned, 28 to 1 is a, a pretty shit number. It is, but it's still, we've mentioned several names in between Tom Kim and him, right? And he's arguably the best putter in the field, which can supersede any sort of deformity that you have in the rest of your game and it's kind of the way you want to go about it if you're going to pick a guy pick a guy that's got an elite skill set and he's one of the best putters in the in the world and he's got absolute length so he can hit three woods and, and hybrids off the tee where he needs to and and go from there so it's an interesting interesting road that you want to take there but i i don't know you know like i'm a big model guy and, and the rest of his game isn't quite kicking out the exact way that i'd hope 
Okay, I'm off. I'm off Taylor Montgomery this week. That was only a that was a test. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <pulling me> off. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty. So no more Taylor Montgomery. No, I, I like him, you know, but I I don't know. Twenty eight. Don't love him. I've got a few other guys <laughs> in the fifties. We, we can try and sell you on now. Okay, go on. Tell me some guy in the fifty here. Uh, let's take a look there. We got JJ Spawn, which I think is what he's forty, which yeah. is nice. I love JJ. He's accurate off the tee. And he's playing some good golf. Now that he's been undiagnosed of diabetes 2 and getting diabetes 1 or whatever the deal was, like, the guy's balling out. And he was up there with the best of them until Sunday and still finished, I think, T5 or so. And this is in a field of elites, dude. So he's going to go to a course that actually suits him a little bit better, I think. He's very accurate. Distance is not his thing. Love him, yeah. Absolutely. He's playing good golf. 40, 40 45 to 1. Money number on JJ. That's interesting. Um... Mm. I'll I'll keep it lit here. I'm I'm not betting this guy because I don't really like him. But I did tweet this out late earlier that the best player at Wildlife Country Club over the last five years since 2017, with minimum eight rounds played, has been Matt Kuchar. And yeah, yeah, Matt Kuchar's made seven or four top 35s in his last five starts, and he gained 4.5 in approach at the CJ Cup, three on approach at the Fortnite. Good iron player. If he gets to put a role in, he's 50 to one this week. Yeah, dude. I can't but, ever get I can't ever get too excited about Matt Kuchar, but uh just maybe somebody win? else can. I don't I don't know if he's gonna win it, but at fifty to forty with one, you're gonna get probably plus money odds to finish inside the top forty, which I think he's very capable yeah. of doing, like you just said, right? So those are the kind of bets that I was looking at a lot of guys like Andrew Putnam, another guy that I've got my eye on, very similar kind of player, very good on the short game side, very short off the tee, but accurate. Also trending in the right direction. You know, Zozo, he was in, he finished T2 there. And then at the RSM, he was pretty much in contention until Sunday and then just pretty much did what Colin did, but doesn't get the publicity for it. So there's there's a lot of people that are at the top of leaderboards that just can't close it out. And Putnam was one of them. Grillo is another guy that I like in this range too. And it's it's all just guys that if it goes right for them, it's going to break well. But who the mm. heck knows, right? That's the whole thing about this thing. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're all maybe we're all just spoofers. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, I'll give you one more guy I like under 40 to 1. It's Alex Smalley. Okay. Um, just based on how he's performed recently over kind of like these shorter positional courses, he's like T11 at the Bermuda, T4 at the Houston Open, T5 at the RSM Classic, 2022 Wyndham Championship, he finished tied for 13th. Uh, sorry, his last three starts have been T11, T4, T5 and in 2022 at the Wyndham Championship he finished T13 he's better on Bermuda um, listen, maybe Alex Smalley can just pop out of the water and just get his first PGA Tour win uh, just maybe dude, I mean what's his number? 40, 40? you probably have a lot better over there in the yeah. US so I mean whatever, like we ballparking here but 40, 50, I think that's for a guy, if you're just rattling off that kind of Look at his um, graph here on the screen that we're looking at. It's like trending up. It's mm. That's exactly what you want from a guy that you're trying to bet on to win. Is the game going in the right direction? He's going to have one of those weeks where everything clicks and yeah. everything he's been working on comes to the party. Next thing you know, it's hoisting up a a, a dolphin or a whale or whatever the hell the trophy <laughs> is this week. A television by someone here. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious, dude. Oh <laughs> my god. Eighty inch TV and have the list <laughs> up in the air. <laughs> uh, um okay. Anybody else under one hundred to one that you're potentially interested in here? 
anybody else let me double check that i've mentioned everybody brendan Steele is another guy that i'm kind of interested in very very good course history yeah you know had a bit of a bad week last year but man oh man when it comes to this golf course he likes to play some good golf yeah and i think he's like 80 to 1 so that's a really nice number on him but obviously the putting is a major issue at times but the course history yeah, is so good. And I think he's another one of those candidates to kind of go with a top 40 type bet because you're going to be pretty certain to get that in most bets. But is he going to win is a tough question, especially with a putter that could go rogue like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, look at his look at his finishes. Yeah, he's got a, a second and a fourth in the last three years. Yeah. So he, he that- really likes his golf course. Yeah, that's the interesting one. And it, just in relation to that stat I mentioned earlier, I mean, since 2017, the best players in the field, Brendan Steele is actually third, and he's 66 to 1 over here in UK markets. Mm-hmm. And Corey Connors actually second. So that's an interesting one as well. Yeah. Um, let me just, men- I thought I was finished with all my ones under 100, but I have one more under 100 just to mention. Will Gordon at 80 to 1. He finished tied for third at the uh, at Mayakoba. He's made. Seven consecutive cuts, and he's gained strokes, ball striking, and all of those seven consecutive cuts that he's made. When you get to 80 to 1, my hypothesis is that you're always just looking for a reason to bet somebody. You're not like if it's under 25 to 1, you might look for a reason to avoid them or bet somebody else in that range. 80 to 1, you want to bet somebody that uh, just jumps off the page and just, yeah, Will Gordon, maybe he can jump out. God, there's going to be a lot of people jumping out of the water this week, according to me. But uh... <laughs> well, that's the thing. I think that's you've you've hit the theme of the week is it's a course that's going to have a lot of guys hitting from the same area you know mm. distance isn't going to necessarily separate the field and it's putting if you look at the correlations for success yeah, a lot of successful putters have done well and and successful putters can also do very bad on the same day you know like the same week so we know that you can show up to the, the course and hit an iron pure nine out of 10 times, but are you going to hit the same 10 footer in nine out of 10 times? You know, that's a different situation. So I think you're right. You know, going down the leaderboard yeah, is probably going to be an avenue I pursue. I think we all love Tom Kim and we'll try and figure out a way to get him on the card in one way or another, maybe like a top five or something like that. But gonna, I think if you add up the win percentages of everyone that we're mentioning here, and the amount of money that you have to bet on them to get to what Tom Kim's going to be costing you to bet, their collective win percentage is going to be double what Tom's is. And I think from a mm. betting perspective, that's how you got to go about it, yeah, right? That's super interesting. I hadn't even thought of it in that perspective. So, uh, yeah, always you're always providing good insights as well as <laughs> brilliant hey. graphics. You're <laughs> they call hey. me the model maniac, dude. Um, I do some nice <laughs> stuff. I look sexy. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Your but... Excel sheets have loads of colors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, super. Give me anybody else, maybe outside the 100 to one range, even if it's in your sports book, outside 100 to one that or an outsider that you're considering this week, maybe one or two. Mark Hubbard is a guy I've got a big thing for. Apparently his daughter dropped his laptop on his toe and broke really? his toe. And he was gutting it out throughout like the end of the, the season. Then he finally got some surgery on his toe or it was a knife or a laptop or something that fell onto his foot and like messed his toe up pretty bad. And you can see where his, where the toe injury happened. Like if you're looking at his track record, yeah, it's right round about the Shriners probably. <laughs> mm. Um, so 
it, it, he went off the boil. And then he then he changed the driver in the middle of the round and thought he was only <laughs> going to get a two-shot disqual- uh, penalty per shot, landed up getting disqualified. That was a mess. So lots of fun stuff to do with Marka. But 125-1, one of the best iron players in the field. Doesn't have a great track record yet. But at 125-1, to one, I don't care how bad your track record has been at this golf course. If, if your game suits this venue, I love it. And his game does. He's a good putter. Love it all. And if you're willing to bend the rules and just take a new port or a new driver and just say, fuck this. <laughs> yes, dude. I love that. <laughs> this guy is the most average Joe on tour and he's just the best dude. Um, I think he was also on Twitter saying um, it was one of the, I think it was the Wyndham when we had that one guy, was it Smalley that, or Smotherman that had to make that final birdie on the final hole for like 25 people to make the cut. And he landed up bogeying one of the holes and missing the cut himself, but getting 25 other people in. Mark Hubbard was one of the guys that was just getting hammered the night before because he <laughs> said, the golf gods are going to punish me for getting hammered and I'll make the cut. I've done this ever <laughs> since I've been on tour. This is how you make cuts. You just go and get blitzed if you're on the number and there's a guy that has to like... Uh, I know. did not know. I did not hear that story. And I'm uh, an active, active person on Twitter and I hadn't heard yeah. that. So... Uh... <laughs> That is hilarious. God, I think I love Mark Hubbard now. Um, yeah, he's awesome. He's a great follow. He's an awesome, <laughs> awesome dude. All right, I'm going to follow him straight after this. Actually, yes. you know what? Let's do it right now while we're still on this. <laughs> so wait uh, I'm going to All right. He's, um, he's a really good follow, dude. And he replies to people. Like, he's replied to me once or twice. I asked him what his favorite beer was. I think it's some sort of like a peanut butter type beer or something. But he's he's good stuff, dude. He's He's fun. Okay. He's followed right now. So uh, have you ever yeah. tagged him in one of your photos? Yes. He actually liked, I, I tagged him in the homeless hubs one where he, he gained the most strokes approach in at the, at the Sanderson's. And then the book slapped him with an 80 to one. So I put it on like this begging for money <laughs> cardboard cutout that he was just standing on the side of the road and said, led the field in strokes gained approach, but they slapping me with 80 to one. <laughs> or something you know so and he liked it so it was funny he didn't retweet or anything but he liked it oh god and he has twelve thousand followers so i'm sure yeah. that got a bit public publicity um <laughs> all right let's try to get this back on track here again <laughs> this is happening way too often now. <laughs> all right. i'll give one name that i like outside 175 to one and then if you have another one we can do it if not no problem i'm done is Ben Taylor down at 175 to one, um, which I think is a pretty good number considering that the RSM Classic he finished or he gained four strokes on approach at the he gained 3.3 strokes on approach before that at the Houston Open at the Houston Open as well, and also gained 7.2 strokes putting. So he has potential there to get hot with the putter. Um, and this is not there we go. Um, I finished oh, t- wow. I finished third at the Houston Open and. T21 at the RSM Classic. Uh, as Yeah, I just think this is a good number as well as that. It's 2021 Wyndham Championship. He finished tied for 24th. So, just at 175 yeah, to 1, I only need one reason to go and bet somebody at a number like this. And I've got about three or four there yeah. to say, yeah, yeah, let's go. Um, so, I think I could be Solo single bullet, Mark or uh, Ben Taylor, <laughs> 300 euro. <laughs> no, joking, don't do no, that. I love it. I... Don't do it, <laughs> dude. Looking at his just last two, if, you, if you're gonna take a small sample size, you're gonna apply it to a guy that's 170 to one. 
And this is the perfect situation to do that. Third and T21. Yeah. The putter let him down a little bit, but it looks like the ball striking is beautiful. Can't go wrong with that there. Uh, I'm going to find a nice number and probably snag him. And I'll, I'll, uh, we'll do a little collaborative <laughs> and, and root for Ben Taylor this week. I like it. I, I think you've sold get- me on it. Yeah, you probably get two hundred and fifty to one or, or something over there. But uh, anyway, so we have to take what yeah. we get here. Um, brilliant. All right, Byron. That's pretty much everything for me. Any closing remarks or any? Are you excited for this tournament? Are you going to watch a lot of it or not? Oh, dude, I my TV's like right over here. I sit here and just check outside my window, watch some golf. You know, pet the dog, just all sorts <laughs> of fun stuff. I love golf. I can't can't go wrong watching it. It's in Hawaii, so it's like towards the late, later part of the evening too, which is also fun. And I've been to Hawaii. I went to Hawaii for my honeymoon, dude. It's one of the best places in the world. I could imagine you in Hawaii. Hawaii. I'd say oh, you fit dude. right in. I was just smashing my ties and eating eating all the street food you could ask for. And just, I was actually, I'm a little, I'm not the skinniest guy in the world, but I saw some chick, some like um, chick from Asia that was busy doing her, her modeling on the rocks of one of the beaches <laughs> and this this guy was taking photos of her like you see on the instagram yeah the husbands of instagram or whatever after she left i went and took the exact same photos <laughs> in the exact same poses on the same rocks and just like everyone was just losing their stuff on the beach dude, are I'm you just selling like, those <laughs> they're on facebook dude invite you. I'll, I'll accept you on facebook and then uh, you can check them out next podcast i have it's going to be hanging up here behind me in a frame picture <laughs> <of> you on. <laughs> i've got these american swimming trunks on dude i, I just look golden i'm i'm a, a, a sight for sore eyes oh fantastic all right this is why we have you on um oh god i better do my tuesday trivia before i forgot all right you said yeah, the Tuesday trivia was how many top tens has John Ram recorded at majors from twenty five starts? You said fifteen. Uh, <laughs> you've overestimated on every question I put out here tonight. It's nine. Thirty six percent of top tens in majors. So I didn't think it was bad, but you're going for like sixty <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'm I'm very optimistic this morning, as you can tell. <laughs> like, I've got fifty five K to go blow at a at a superstore and Johnny Ram's <laughs> top tenning in two thirds of his majors. So that's good, yeah. Okay, well, let's be optimistic for our bets this week. Um, this is Byron Lindy. Byron, where can people find you? Tell them about your written, your great written content mm. and also your graphics. Yeah, at the Model Maniac on Twitter. I just put out the Brian Harmon one. He's he's part is busy abducting a cow with, as a UFO kind of thing right now. And um, I do a lot of a lot of articles at rotoballer.com where you can grab. You know, I did. I'm starting to do a course like a. a an early look type article that just does 10 questions about random stuff about each event and then just a multitude of different articles and and some podcasts too. So there's, yes, look at that, that beauty. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a goodie. And I mean, if you look at your stats, they look good too, but yeah, rotoballer.com back nine bets on YouTube. That's my podcast. Um, and I'm going to be doing two podcasts a week now. I'm going to have some guests on. I've got a guest this afternoon, and um, I'm sure I'll get you on at some point down the road. Lovely. That all sounds great. Well, you can find me on Twitter, social media, Instagram, TikTok. As I put it in my TikTok this morning, the only place you won't find me is in your bed. So uh, at the Pugli. And yeah, be sure to follow both of us at some stage. Definitely follow Byron. Maybe you don't want to follow me. No, <laughs> but, uh... follow Mark. He's great. At the Pugli. <laughs> Absolutely, let's go. One of my You're favorite my hype man here. Um, last thing, 
there is a one and done running again this season that I'm going to start and Byron has shared it on his Twitter. So if you're on Twitter, actually if you're on any social medias and you want to just get involved, it's free to enter. It's a bit of yeah. fun. Nothing to, it's like the most amateur one and done by the most amateur podcast in the world, by the most amateur page in the world. That's the book guy. So um, yeah, get involved. But Byron, listen, thank you so much for joining and we'll be in touch soon.